1: fans welcome to the Fairstyle podcast on a wednesday we got to talk some usc trojan football a couple of fully padded practices in the books we're gonna talk about usc spring ball four practices in of the 15 we got keely yor right here in studio follow her on twitter at keely is my name does a great job covering the trojans for us here at uscfootball.com. Welcome in, Keely. How are you doing today?
2: Hello, hello, Ryan. Doing well. Glad to be back in the studio once again.
1: Yes. The excitement been, is still there. <laughs> there's still excitement. Maybe not as much not as excitement much. as we had last week, but there's still excitement. Yes. And uh, we're excited to answer some questions. We're excited to talk about USC Trojan football. If you have questions for the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Or if you'd rather call or text us, we got a couple of voicemails to play for you today. 424 254 Nine one four one is the number. Let us know. You want to, you want the Keeley show? I guess it's the Keeley show, right? Hey, it's the Keeley show. Look at that, uh, Keely and Ryan show. I want Keely and Ryan to answer the question. You want Harvey Hyde? Whatever it is, just let us know. You want Shotgun in that weird show that he does, or the. <laughs> Uh, what was it, Heard oh, on the Sidelines? Side I don't even remember all the names of all some the shows. Respect
2: we've got. On it. Yeah, that's I'm a spinoff good. from our podcast, too. I'm going to make
1: an appearance on Heard on the Sidelines.
2: Hey, I heard. I'm excited for this one. I'm My excited debut to on Heard
1: yeah. on the Sidelines. Well I, I brought some spice to it, too. I oh, well yeah, done. I nice usage of spice. Good. Plus, the Family Feud podcast. Yes. Where no, do you good. get most of the questions for the Family Feud?
2: Uh, either Twitter or Family Feudpod at gmail.com. Nice. Or you can even send it to the Fairstyle. Whatever works. Yeah. Many it. avenues. If
1: it comes to podcast at uscfootball.com and it's for the family feud, we'll forward it over It'll there to those filtered. guys. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but all like, if you have an iPhone, do you have an iPad? Do you have an Apple computer? You have that little Apple podcasting app that the circles around a little dude or whatever it is. You know what we want? We want you to follow us, follow the Parastyle podcast, leave us a five-star rating. It helps us so much. Any kind of review comments, feedback, suggestions. If you have any questions, we'll bump you up to the top of the list. But just do that. Takes two seconds out of your day. Helps us out a lot. So we're just that's our ask every week. Just, just yes. you know, if you got an Apple podcasting app, just just uh follow us. That'd be great. Yeah. Do we have any new uh reviews? Kimberly? We
2: actually do, and it's low-key hilarious. Oh good. Um it's from UCLA fan here, Green Square One, five stars. I appreciate this podcast, even as a Bruin fan. The hosts are very knowledgeable and entertaining, but also insane in a good way. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> so thanks for that. Nice. Green Square
1: One. Green Square One. I think
2: I would describe us like that. We're knowledgeable, entertaining, and also insane in a good way. They're, they're, they're
1: insane, yes. I, think, there's, there's I something. think you'd have to be in this it. place. I think like, the Podcast of Champions lets a little more insane. Yes. Green I square tried one. to
2: rein us in.
1: Yeah, you're better at that, <laughs> where David and I just go off the rails. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Green Square One, you a UCLA fan. You should listen. You can try the Brocast, too. Or, yeah. uh, of course, the Podcast of Champions. Plug. To say. Yes. Um, but thank you for the review there. Uh, we love the five stars. And before we move on, I want to thank Trader Joe's, our lovely sponsor. If you follow them, you can go to TraderJoe's.com. But if you follow them on Instagram, they usually have some interesting posts and stories. And then check out some of the comments. There's a lot of passionate people about Trader Joe's, as you can imagine. Oh, I'm sure. On social media. Uh, they're doing the nine days of sleeper hits. And uh, I guess there's a series of videos on TraderJoe's.com. So kind of stuff, you know, Items that are on, you know, that maybe aren't as popular as they should be, but they're really popular with some of the people that, you know. And one of them is this soft black licorice twist. And I'm not oh. a big licorice guy or, blo- you know. Neither are, am I. Are you uh, like Twizzlers or a, a Red Vines person?
2: Here's the thing. Both of those have gluten in them. How so shocking. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, that's why rough. Why of those have gluten I don't know. That was the one that I've I've discovered in a bad way that they have gluten in them. So, yeah.
1: It's like I was always a Twizzler guy. That was more of an East Coast thing. And Red Vines was big out here. When red Vines were college. big
2: in middle school. They would like reward us with Red Vines. <laughs> red vines? It was yeah. weird.
1: But anyway, I moved to California, like to USC. And they are like, Red Vines are way better than Twizzlers. I like, no, I like Twizzlers. But anyway, black licorice, not really my favorite. There's a lot of people that were responding about this black licorice that okay. you have to get. So Trader soft black licorice Twizz, if you like that at all. Make sure you check it out. Unfortunately, a lot of the people that were commenting are like, I don't like that you're featuring this item because now it's going to be harder to get. So That's
2: when you know. That's yeah. when it's a good one. People are like, people I are love mad. this and not
1: that b- many people know about it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So well,
2: so you're doing that times 10. I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm promoting. <laughs> you're the, amplifying well, what people want to see. It's on their secret. website,
1: so it's not like they're trying to hide it. Sure. But, 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 there, but there are social media fans that don't. Want you to know about these. Don't look at it. So you can check it out. The nine days <laughs> Off of the Sleeper Hits. so So, yeah. So I want to check out some of those. Uh, check, check out some of those. Uh, but I'm not, I maybe mean, I'll try the licorice. But are you, if there's no gluten in it, you could try it.
2: Okay. I'll see. Yeah. We'll check back in on licorice gate.
1: Licorice gate. All right. <laughs> so we have some unfortunate breaking news football, it's a team sport, but it's a tough sport. And yep. sometimes individuals uh, do get hurt. We saw we were at practice on Tuesday. They had full pad practice on campus on Saturday. And they followed that up, which I don't know if they've done this before. A full pad practice on Tuesday in the Coliseum. That's it's all kind of rare. Unfortunately, uh, quarterback, nickel safety, uh, Max Williams, went down with what looked like a lower leg injury, eventually was Carted off the field, I believe, and then his father tweeted out today that uh, he had tore his ACL. So unfortunate uh, for him. We're a great kid, and uh, you know, followed him from his days at Sarah High School, where he also had yeah. an ACL. Um, so you know, speed of recovery to Max Williams, but. Uh, any thoughts on, on that, Keely?
2: I mean, you hate to see it. I feel like he's a guy you just root for because he tried so hard to rehab after that ACL uh, tear in high school. And it's actually the same ACL uh, that he tore in high school. So uh, it's always tough when you have those ACL tears. It's always if you don't get it right, if you don't, it, you never know what could happen. And it was weird, too, because he was kind of away from where the action of the play was happening. And I know that the, the play kind of ended. I looked down to write some notes and then look up and, and – the players looked like a little sh- sh- shooken up, shaken up? Shaken? Shaken? shaken up, yeah. Thank you. Uh And, yeah, and so you immediately go, oh, this isn't good. And then he was carried to the trainer's table uh by trainers and then carted around, and it was just – it didn't look good. And the players – you can kind of tell by the players' reactions. It was just not good. And so, obviously, sad sad stuff for Max. He tried really hard to come back from that late last ACL, and he'll have to do it again. So, I mean, and from a bigger picture, USC with that nickel spot – That is a depth concern now. I mean, it already kind of was because Greg Johnson uh, is rehabbing that meniscus tear he had, I believe. Now, all you have is Britton Allen out there. And then you have, like, a preferred walk-on in Tommy Morris, I believe. (sighs) Yeah. You have to assume that maybe you'll see uh, Zavion Alford um, go over there, maybe experiment with him. Not sure. But uh, maybe Chase Williams, too. But he's also filling in at that safety spot. So... I don't know. It's it's definitely a death concern. I mean the defensive backs in general, death wise, it's it's a little shaky.
1: Yeah, I think I mean if you look at just the scholarship chart we put up, there's eight corners and eleven safeties. But right now, not everybody's there. There's no. guys coming back from injuries. Yeah. Um there's, you know, Chris Steele is in the COVID protocol. I think he's the only D B, right, in the COVID. Yes. Whatever the whatever the health, you know, concern kind of stuff with, with COVID. Um You know, they should be getting some of those guys back. But, yeah, the depth is a concern. My guess is we're going to see Chase Williams back there. Um, I always liked him when he was playing nickel. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, We'll see. But that's a big one. And he was not – Max Williams wasn't the kind of the body type, especially the previous coaching staff, always liked to get – when you know, they liked the longer defensive backs. He was just someone that was gritty, wanted to go to USC, always made plays, and – you're happy when they recruit a guy like that because it, it didn't fit the mold that they wanted. But he can, he's just around the ball. He's always can, is able to make plays. And I think he's good, you know, done some big things this year. So it's yeah. a, definitely an unfortunate injury. And just, you know, like I said, a great kid. And we wish him, you know, wish him the best, wish mm-hmm. him a speedy recovery for sure. Uh, so that's kind of the, the big unfortunate news. But, you know, having a practice in the Coliseum on a Tuesday that we actually got to watch. Crazy. This is very different than last March or last April. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say so. (laughs) So different. We talked about sort of the procedures of practice uh, last week, I believe, because we got that first one in. Or you you were covering basketball, so you didn't get that first one in. Um, You've been out there since. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We did get a different perspective. They do only let us film that first portion of practice, the stretching. We were pretty much right in front of it this time. Instead of like 100 yards away. You Can actually see so we put up so make sure you check out the site. We put up some video, tried to focus in on some of the individual players. Uh, you know, Drake Jackson was one of the guys we put on there. He's out there,
2: he returned on he returned, Tuesday,
1: but yeah, not in uh, not in pads, but he's doing that acclimation period. Uh, I think put some Jay Toya there, put some Isaiah Polomao, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart, not uh
2: josh yeah
1: so it's like one had a long sleeve shirt on yeah that was the
2: key for the double's
1: number sixes i don't know how this is gonna go how long it's gonna go on
2: it's like there's a reason why you give people different numbers yeah (laughs) at one point on tuesday there were two sixes playing at the same time it's like
1: can we and they're about the same size like it's not
2: they're pretty similar
1: if you had like an offensive lineman wearing number six and a cornerback wearing number six (laughs) that'd be okay that's fine i don't care because Well, okay, defensive lineman, and uh, you know, even a linebacker. Like, all right, I can see the difference, you know. Yes, it's really hard to see the difference, you know. They should put more body types, yeah. yeah. So, hopefully, they fix that um, soon. But you can check, and I put up, you know, some video of Robert Steiner running the drills, sort of an overview of what you know they're doing during the warm up. So that you know, that's what we're allowed to show you. So you can check it out and uh, see what's going on there. But another day of uh, the uh, the Trojan drill. They call it. drill. It's essentially, the Oklahoma drill, but yeah, the Trojan drill um, of what was going on there. Very spirited. Um, I talked to Harvey Hyde on Monday. He thought that the it was a little too wide. It's kind of a an advantage for the offense. I don't know. It seemed maybe a little narrower from uh, Saturday to Tuesday. I'm not sure. It's but a different
2: angles. So I don't know if I can fully judge that.
1: It's hard to tell. Yeah, but you know, it's it's a I think it's a great way to kick off practice. You know, I, you want physicality. That was, uh, that was a little bringing some. Is it okay? There's a bunch of guys standing around, but people are cheering. People are getting into it. Pads are popping. There's tackling. I, I mean, I, I like them doing stuff like that. It's something I think they should have been doing more of.
2: I think it sets the tone for sure, and even when warmups are starting to kind of uh, slow down a little bit, you see all the other coaches, the QCs, the grad assistants. You kind of hear a buzz in the air because they're getting excited, setting up the the little pad boundaries for the Trojan drill. Yes. And I think it's just a thing of unity and excitement, and just sets the tone of like "quote unquote" hard nosed football. So I think it's a good thing just to start the, the the practice with, and it to me it really highlights how united the defense looks. In my opinion. I feel like guys are really spirited if anyone makes some type of play. Um, and then you get to see too, uh, who kind of has a, a stubborn mindset on offense, who's like gonna put their head down and, and bang some people around. I know Drake London is not afraid to get in there. So no. it's a it's a fun time to just watch and see how everyone's reacting to everything that's happening.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's a little rah rah and stuff, sure, but it's you know, you like you said, you get some of the assistants in there like with their phones, you know, shooting videos for their instagram stories and stuff so you can kind of get a better view of some of that you know follow gavin morris uh some of the guys are are putting up some videos which is you know it's cool to see um you know the guys really get into it they get excited about it and like you said i think it sets the the tone uh for the rest of practice we had a pretty good view of most of the things because it was in the coliseum and where we were sitting in in the stands um maybe we could start with Uh, the quarterbacks, uh, RJ Abadia did a, a a piece on, you know, analyzing all the throws from Keaton Slovis and, uh, Mo the veteran quarterbacks. Uh, he's got another one coming up that he's going to look at the, uh, the freshman quarterbacks as well, but. Uh, Any thoughts on the quarterbacks from what you saw?
2: Yeah, it was interesting. I thought they were crisper on Saturday. Just seemed like a better day overall for them. But I know people are worried about Keenan Slovis' arm. He looks more like the Keenan Slovis we know. I thought he was overthrowing people a little bit on Tuesday. Um, But overall, nothing where you're like, ooh, that's concerning. Like, at the Arizona game and you're like what is going on with that ball so nothing like that um I really think Miller Moss is a pretty ball just like when he throws it it's yeah. just so pretty um and then Jackson Dart has good movement and we knew that but uh, sometimes when he just rolls out of the pocket it looks very natural for him so just stuff like that um but still it's so early that's the thing I know on Tunnel Vision people are asking us well Miller Moss Jackson Dart who's better it's like okay it's the fourth practice uh, for these early enrollees and they're still they're trying to like practice in the Coliseum for the first time. It's not the the easiest situation for them. So I'm reserving judgment for a little bit. Um, but it's it's good to see them, and I think Mo looks good. We didn't see him a lot, obviously, because uh, he had surgery last year and we couldn't see practice. So he looks pretty good. But I mean, I do think that QB two spot is open, and we see that because Keen Slovis obviously gets the number one reps or the first team reps. But then the whoever gets second team reps kind of rotates each practice. So I'm um, curious who will really grab that spot.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it'll be fun to watch throughout. Like you said, it's hard to make. Judgments. It seems like after the first practice, you know maybe they, they were just sort of getting their feet wet and didn't look super comfortable, and now they're kind of settling in, but there was a lot of st- there was a bunch of stretches where it seemed like all the quarterbacks were struggling to find a completion. Yeah. I think some of the seven on seven stuff, you know you have a good play out of a bad play. Uh, it, it's funny I was watching I was watching the running backs mostly. So when Jackson Dart wet, I was following the running backs, he never even like looked at the running backs. <laughs> Everything he threw was downfield. But I don't think he completed a pass in seven on seven. No check Miller Moss was like, and I think there was, you know, he's wearing number six, sort of like Cody Kessler did it a little bit. Like he checked it down to the, the running backs a couple of times, but you know, moved the ball. And then it set up he threw a touchdown pass, I think after I forget who it was too. Um so he sort of like set up he took the dump offs early in the seven on seven stuff and then completed one deep. So I thought he did a good one there. Yeah. There were some good, there were some bad for all of, all of the guys, but you, know, like I said, I think Keaton does look sharper. Um, seems like, you know, he, I, my guess is he's going to be, you know, having a good season, sort of get back to that, you know, freshman, uh, the the kind of poise he had and the way he threw the ball and all that. I I feel like it's going with the full off season and more of a normal year and all that, I think it's going to be a a better season for Keaton, but we'll continue to watch uh, these other guys. It's, It's funny how they do the rotation. Sometimes you're rotating. It's kind of like working with three guys. They're really doing four because there's like, you have, you know, Keaton Slovis, and you feel like Mo Asana is almost in like the Matt Fink role now a little bit yeah. like in practice. And then you sort of have to like, well, okay, Jackson Dart will get this drill, but then, you know, and Miller Moss doesn't, or... Miller Mars gets this one in Jackson that like there's there's not always like four people like there's not like four groups you can go with and have each quarterback yeah. go with one
2: well I mean I've been tracking them and they usually get a good amount of time with the second team at least one pass through and then one quarterback will get a third team rep so I mean I don't really know the the pattern so far but everyone's getting rest with the third team or, I mean second team excuse me so I mean, I'm curious, uh, part of me thought that maybe a certain freshman would get only third team reps, but I think they're trying to see who's more comfortable out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're, I mean, they're throwing them out there and, and giving them different opportunities. It's It might not be the same every practice, but, you know, overall, I think they're all going to, it's going to average out. So they're going to get, you know, if, if one guy got more second team reps for a team this you know day, then the next day, the other guy will. So, yeah. Um. but yeah, you know, watch it out there and see what they do. Like I said, I watched the, the running backs and tried to chart, you know, everything that um, you know, they were doing. It's actually a pretty no no Keen Kristen. So but we got to see a lot of uh Keontae Ingram. Uh got to see a lot of you know, Brandon Campbell and in there. I mean, and sometimes Keontae Ingram was working with the first team like yeah. quite a bit. Like he would be the first uh running back in there. I thought he caught the ball really well, just seemed like smooth. He definitely looks like a veteran out there. He looks like he's played before. I mean, I I mean, I I think he feels like he'll, you know, he can come in and just be the starter. Like I don't think you're transferring if yeah. you're not doing that. But for a freshman, I think Brandon Campbell uh looked good. You know, Vivi, it's funny, Vivai wasn't part of the uh when they were doing special teams like kickoff return, but like Stephen Carr was, Ingram was, Campbell was um Vivi was like the only dude catching passes as the quarterbacks were doing drills yeah so they were just like throw 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 he was just catching pass after pass so that's probably good for him but i thought you know him Carr, all those guys you know quincy jante was out there um yeah they they kept rotating guys if it was you know keen slowest was getting first team reps at some team drill they might allow one of the you know he would start with uh keontae ingram and maybe campbell came in or Stephen Carr and they would sort of give the running backs opportunities without all the different quarterbacks and, and rotate them around. And there was quite a few two-back sets yep. that I would see. So they were yep. doing that a, a lot more. But uh, the one thing, I mean, Ingram definitely looks like he can play. So um, yeah. it's, he's going to be fun to watch.
2: I mean, the first thing you have to know is just the health. I mean, the fact that you have both Vavai Malapea and Stephen Carr in full pads actually practicing, I feel like that hasn't happened in a long time in spring camp. It might have been a
1: while, yeah. It's been a
2: long time, so that is is big. And then, I mean, I thought Keontae had some some pops in practice. I think he hit uh, Isaiah Pullum out pretty hard yesterday, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was interesting. So you're like, okay, this guy could be a hard runner when he like turns it on. But the, the hard part is that we're not seeing Thursday's practice, so it's like... We can't make full comparisons of, like, this guy's getting first team reps totally because, like, there's always that, that what's happening on Thursday question, right. you know. But I thought Keontae was getting a lot of first team reps and Vivian Vi was getting a lot of second team reps. So that, to me, was interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by that position group just because, one, you have guys healthy and, two, you have some newcomers.
1: So just keeping an eye out for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you look at the receivers. Well, I will say, though, oh, about the,
2: the running back. Sorry, I forgot this. The pass protection drills. That was an that issue. That was fun.
1: Yes, that's a good point.
2: <laughs> that was an issue, and and we've seen. Um, I remember uh, Dylan McCullough used to do these type of pass protection drills too, and usually in the beginning of spring camp. It's not great for the running backs, and USC kind of has struggled in pass protection, so it makes sense. But I definitely think uh, the linebackers had an edge on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, so there was a, that was a really good drill that was pretty much right in front of us. Yeah, so we took, got a
2: really good view of that.
1: I took a lot of notes. I know uh, Shotgun put like his um, notes in there, and he did it on a scale of like minus two to plus two, like or whatever. Just, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of, I just did my own sort of thing. It was like, yeah, the weird
2: key that I was like doing on the fly.
1: Right, and uh, but it, it was. The running backs had a decent run, I think, in the middle of it. Like they, they start off really bad. Like everyone was getting torched, and sometimes it's hard to tell. Like if you're, how do you grade it? If you're like, you know, pretty much keeping you, you're the running back. You're keeping the defender between you and the quarterback, and maybe get pushed back a little bit. And your back touches the, the, the bag. It's like, yeah, you probably won the rep, or it's, or it's pretty close, or some sort of a tie. But there was a bunch where it was just like quick move around yeah, yeah. and like not even touched. And you're like, oh, that's uh that's not so bad. But then, you know, there were some other ones that they and and I thought like the new guys. Did as well or better, I think, than the than the veterans did. Which maybe I don't know if that's good. Yeah, probably not good, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I mean, and, and there was a point where Stephen Carr or Clay Helton got in his face and was like, "You need to do this right." And the the weird thing is that they had refs at practice on Tuesday, but they didn't have it for that portion. And that's one where I think you do need refs because yeah, there were times where I would mark like, "Okay, this guy won the rep, but he was also holding dramatically." Oh, that's a good you know? Point. So I'm like, "Why didn't they ha- bring him over there?" Um, so yeah, but it was, it was hard to tell because it's not very realistic. Cause you just have a bag there. You're like, how are you going to simulate a quarterback rolling out or scrambling? You can't really. So how do you judge who won the rep truly? Right. That's why you need like kind of a scale. But yeah, it was the, the running backs need to improve there. That's it was a little rough for the beginning of spring camp. I'll say that,
1: but that was very, I mean, that's kind of the thing is it's like, oh, are they tackling it? That's a drill. That's a physical drill. That's yeah. like, you're getting pads again pads on pads you're getting into each other's faces uh there were some just you know beat them with a move but for the most part it's like you're engaging you're pushing you know it's it's my strength versus your strength and that was uh that was definitely good to see that went on for quite a while too yeah no i
2: I think it's good this is what spring is for you gotta uh, practice and get that down you gotta improve there
1: yeah i mean todd orlando talked about you know installing like that toughness culture right and you know that's that's one way. You getting popped in the mouth a bunch of times in a row and getting in line to do it again. I think that's that's a good thing. Yep. Um anyone stand out for you? I mean Drake London's the clear uh stud as far as uh, you know wide receivers go. It's fun to see Katie Nixon out there. Uh you know he just brings a little different shiftiness I think to Yeah. to the group. He's
2: smaller uh, than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, he's not
1: that big. Well, I think he he might have bulked up a little, but he's not like he's a little diminutive. I don't yeah, know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I knew he was gonna be like a slot guy, even though Colorado played him outside. I just thought he would be a little bit bigger. I don't know why, but it it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh I I I'd have to check with the guys at Colorado. I thought he looked a little bigger than he did, just like size wise as far as like strength goes. He might have put on some some muscle, but yeah, he's not the tallest dude. Well, it's there. funny
2: you mentioned the Colorado guys because I actually had one of the newspaper writers ask me, like, how is Katie Dixon doing? And I told him on Tuesday, you know, he was wide open, had a pass and just dropped it. Yeah. And then the next, like a couple plays later, he was wide open again and caught it for a touchdown. It was like a 45-yard touchdown. And the Colorado guy responded. He was like, that's pretty much Katie Nixon in a nutshell, (laughs) which I mean, like he'll he'll have some great plays. He'll have some plays where you're like, what happened there? So uh, something to watch out for there. But he didn't make up for it. First uh, practice touchdown as a Trojan. Very nice. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: And I think it was worth noting as far as Drake London, we got to talk to him in the Tuesday morning presser. And both uh, Kerry Colbert and London noted how this is his first offseason focusing solely on one sport. And it's been a big difference for him. He was like, I, I can actually have an offseason. And, and Colbert said his, his body's changing and he's growing each day just because he he's, has the ability to just focus on one sport. So I think that's good for him. And, and a lot of praise for him from Kerry. And he said he's the leader of the room now. Um, he's really stepped up. And, and as far as Kitty Nixon, that was a guy who uh, was praised for his – he's the vet in the room, adding yeah. good energy. And that's what the Colorado people said as well. Like he's a good guy for, for energy and whatnot. Also a dancer. So that's fun. Someone has to replace the OG yes,
1: dancing. Doing some dancing out there.
2: But I will say, as far as the wide receivers, it's when you lose guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vaughns who are, have great hands, good chemistry with Keenan Slovis, you kind of notice that it's a little clunky chemistry-wise. Just a little bit. And that's something that will get figured out. But you do notice that it's a little different there. Ex- yeah. Keenan Slovis to Gary Bryant, I think, needs a little bit of work. And Mike Jack, I thought he has been doing well. Um, he's a guy who because the depth is kind of low right now for wide receivers, he's getting some time and sure. So yeah, so it's just something like that where, you know, you knew if it was going to St. Brown, it's being caught and it's it's going, but they gotta work on that a little bit.
1: They do, and we're gonna see more Drake London outside. And it's funny, Kerry Colbert talked about they've just had so many established players that there just wasn't a lot of open roles. You remember when Graham Harrell talked about they're gonna play like ten, twelve receivers, with – Never rotation never happened, but now it sounds like things are going to be more open where guys are playing multiple spots and, uh, you know, it's a young group. There's, you know, they're all freshmen and sophomores, except for Katie Nixon, who's a senior. And, you know, some of the guys are going to be third year sophomores, because of whatever, but they're going to be moved around and they're going to play different spots and we might see more of a rotation. Uh, it's not a super deep group right now um you know with some of the injuries and stuff and we'll see you know what everyone gets there but and joshua jackson not being part yeah. of that anymore yeah uh moving over to cornerback but you know london's the dude uh but you know watch nixon 21 he's fun uh john jackson i think had a couple good plays yesterday so yeah we'll see what happens i haven't mean, still haven't seen much from the tight ends i mean josh Fowler was out with the injury
2: yeah like they- mccree
1: yeah, he was out he's out mm-hmm. there, right? Um
2: basically it was with follow out it was like McCree and, and uh Eric Cromanhook basically doing individual reps together. Yeah. Um and then we've seen some walk ons too around there, and then Ethan Ray is uh I think he's still not hundred percent. So that's why it's mostly just McCree and and Krumen-Hook.
1: Yeah, which we don't see the tight ends that involved anyway, but then now the, the the lack of bodies is probably gonna make it even more Yeah. Uh Seth Dagey, not a lot for him to do, I guess. <laughs>
2: You do what you um, can, I guess.
1: The offensive line is pretty, uh, I, you know, I I believe, I wasn't watching too much yesterday, but it was still Cortland Ford at left tackle, correct? Yeah, so Cortland
2: we, Ford at left tackle. That's something, obviously, we're having left tackle watch all of spring, make, yeah. seeing. And the weird thing, talking about Graham Harrell quotes, he definitely said, like, we're going to be mixing and matching, finding the best five, and once again, for the Tuesday and Saturday practices, all we've seen is Cortland Ford with that first team. The notable thing that we did see on Tuesday was that uh instead of being the second team center Brett Nealon became the left guard. Um and then you had Andrew Millick become the second team center. Yeah. So that was an interesting development. Um I know that they've toyed with having uh Bre- uh Justin Didich move to that guard position. They've always kind of like had it during like preseason and spring camp and never really like decided that's going to happen. So uh wondering if they stick with it.
1: Yeah, we'll see and that I think that bumped Jason Day Rodriguez smart, yeah. back a little bit. But you got to see Jonah Monheim like basically backing up Jalen McKenzie at right tackle, and then uh, Casey Collier backing up uh, Cortland Ford at left tackle. So you got yep. a lot of young guys in the two deep now, and one of them, Cortland Ford. You know, I thought maybe week two would they mix things up a little bit. Yeah. But it, it's, it seems like they're keeping the rest of the line like the way it was, and you're really just going to try to find the next left tackle. Now, maybe – they're still anticipating bringing in a transfer or something, so they don't want to move anybody else yet. But they're at least for the spring. And the fact that you're going into week two and they haven't moved more people, my guess is you're going to go into the spring game, or the showcase or whatever, with this offensive line, and you'll probably finish spring with that same offensive line. Now, maybe they make some kind of moves over the offseason, but... I think it's a good sign for all the young young guys that are gonna be able to compete and if they you know have the best film, maybe they're the fifth number five guy and they yeah. play left tackle.
2: I mean it's interesting, like I said earlier, we don't see Thursday practices, so maybe that's the Casey Collier day. We just yeah. totally miss it. But no, Jalen McKenzie
1: moves to the left tackle on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, and like, oh. does
2: car wheels and we miss it all. No. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I definitely think Cortland Ford has locked down that position for now. I'm curious how much of that is a Clay McGuire thing, or this is a Graham Harrell thing. Considering Harold did say, "Hey, we want to mix a match," but I don't know.
1: Yeah, um, what the for the defensive side of the ball? Um, yes. got to see some Brandon Peely.
2: He returned. Yeah, he was very limited in the first week, and then uh, did individual drills on Saturday, and then returned full speed on Tuesday, which I was surprised about.
1: Yeah, and what with Kobe Pepe, he uh, that he was left early. Yeah,
2: yeah, It looked like an arm shoulder injury. Trying to find out about that. Um, so, but he seemed to be in good spirits towards the end of practice when he was out of pads compared to Max Williams, who you could tell that was more serious. So we'll see about
1: that. Yeah. I mean, Jamar Sicona has been doing well. Uh, Getting praise from both Orlando, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, especially the interior of the line, is is anyone like kind of standing out to you? It's, you know, Tule, Tule Peloto. Tuli, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: he made a play on Tuesday and all the defensive line, they have like the Tuli. Yeah. That's like they're <laughs> like cheer. Um, but so far, that's a group that I haven't had too much time watching yet. Yeah, me neither. It's an interesting group, though, because I feel like that's actually a position group with that whole line where you're having a lot of mixing and matching. A lot of guys moving in and out. And that's also kind of hard just to see, OK, who's matching up well with this guy. And, you know, so. I don't know. And then Caleb Trimble wasn't there on Tuesday. Not sure about that. Nick Figueroa is limited because I think he had shoulder surgery over the offseason. Yeah, he and was so, just in a
1: jersey, right? Yeah. Think, and so yeah. these
2: are those are key components um, that we saw. So I am I think that that whole line is very fluid right now, especially because you don't have Corey Foreman uh, and Drake Jackson out was due to health and safety protocols. I think it's in flux right now. But it's interesting to see some faces that we don't normally see on that line get some time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Linebacker-wise... Um, Seen some Hunter equals uh Giuliano Falonico. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no Jordan ISF. Uh, I thought Malgo was really active. He was great in that the pass protection yeah, drill. He and was. Even if he got stoned, he was just talking. He was very involved. Uh always pulling down his jersey. I mean, he just was just like it, just, it was like it was a pig in mud. He was just rolling around. He was loving that drill. Yeah, you know? there was a lot
2: of twenty-sixes I wrote down. I was like, twenty six, twenty six, twenty-six. 26. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but still uh inside linebacker depth is low just because you had uh railing go forth out due to health and safety protocols too he did return on tuesday uh so he has to go through the acclimation period as well but i thought raymond scott has mm-hmm. been flashing at times he's a guy where you're like you look at his body type and you look at him and you're like he doesn't seem like a linebacker in that sense or what they want for that
1: role like his body doesn't look like linebacker no
2: yeah. not yeah and and yet, he's he's finding the ball. Like, he's making plays. And so, it's a guy where you're like, hmm, okay, maybe you can experiment with that more. And the fact that Raylan Goforth hasn't been out there has been giving him that time to kind of be like, hey, I can make flashes. I can have a pick six and stuff like that because we saw that on Saturday. So, I mean, it's interesting. I'm just curious what it looks like when uh, Raylan is full speed.
1: Yeah, I mean, to have a couple names, you know, you have Jordan Ayasefa and Solomon Tua Poop. But, like, all these guys just out. You're like, yeah, it makes it a little tougher. But... You know, guys like Kanai do make it fun. They're gonna get out there, and I love when they mix it up. So, (laughs) yeah, I wrote his name, the number. He was, I think he was cutting in line a little maybe to get more reps. Hey,
2: (laughs) if if you love it, do it.
1: (laughs) It's an opportunity. Um, we talked secondary a little bit, but you know, with the unfortunate injury uh, to Max Williams, you know, we'll hopefully we get to see Chris Steele sometime soon. Yeah, Um, another guy who's been out. Isaac Taylor Stewart, uh, like you said, he's been out there with. Uh, Josh Jackson. um.
2: I've been impressed by both sixes. Um, yeah. there's some flashes from both of them. I don't think it's like, Hey, they are the standout of spring yet, but I do think ITS has made improvements. Um, we've heard that Dante Williams has really worked on him, um, in this off season. And then uh, Josh Jackson, I kind of, to be honest, had low expectations just because, you know, when guys switch sides, yeah. you're like, okay, they'll kind of be lost in the dev chart. It doesn't really work out. And then he's making plays. I mean, he's showing why he was a wide receiver because he has really, uh, he has a great catching ability. So, I mean, it's, it's, interesting and i'm curious i know i keep saying that i'm sorry uh when uh, christine comes back how that shakes out but i thought they were they've kind of been the bright spots of like hey i wasn't expecting that and they're they're making some plays they're catching your eye at least uh, during
1: practice you know isaiah pull a out there so you know, he returned
2: he yeah. wasn't there on saturday but he returned on tuesday yeah. not sure about that we don't really
1: get the word why right we don't no. know
2: and the weird part is that we're getting pressers prior to practice so it's kind of a bait yeah. and switch a little bit because you're asking
1: questions from like the practice from yeah. four days ago or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. And it's like you can't just be like, Hey, why was Isaiah out not at practice, this important practice today? Because you don't know until you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, would, like we didn't get Clay Helton on Tuesday morning, so I think we probably don't get him until Saturday. Yeah.
2: Saturday's gonna be a huge injury update. It's gonna be like, Yeah, can It'd you be just like, update this? Why did Isaiah out yeah.
1: miss practice a week ago? Well, he's been practice all week, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, really.
2: I know. It's like you don't get the good details that you need,
1: but And did they did uh did I read Shotgun or someone talk about Micah Kroom moving. Like, was he more of a rover or something? Or I maybe think Chris so. That? They were,
2: we, we were kind of trying to figure it. We were talking about it post-practice on Tuesday, and we didn't really understand why that was happening. We don't know if it's permanent, but, yes, that is something that we saw.
1: Yeah, so he's the transfer. Uh, they He was given a scholarship yeah. when mohassan Hassan was. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the transfer from Dartmouth, I believe. Is that right? Or one of those schools like that? A smart something? school. Yeah, it was a smart. He went from a smart school. Uh, to, you know, USC is a smart school, but not like the Ivy League smart school. I
2: don't sound like it when I talk like that. No, uh, but I will note, though, Chase Williams has been super vocal. He's a guy who I've noticed every practice. He's just very talkative, um, trying to be a leader on the defense. And so I think that's worth noting. I don't think I've noted it anywhere, so I think I need to note it here. But he's a guy who I think is trying to go for that leadership role on the defense. Very, very vocal.
1: Noted. Yes. All right. There you go. Um, Who, who wrote? I think. It was it shotgun or Chris? I forget. Someone wrote about Ben Griffiths just like booming some punts out there. Which I'm are contractually we contractually obligated
2: about? to not talk about Ben Griffiths at all? So <laughs> I'll tell you, I we've seen what we've seen in practice. He's good. Yeah, but you know,
1: Uh I actually Car- Harvey Hyde talked about it too, and he was saying like, yeah, it looked like the he looked like what you first got there. And his opinion was he was overcoached and you sort of, you know, screwed it up. But if you, Harvey Hyde's great story is when he had Randall Cunningham yeah. as his quarterback, he was also their punter. And I guess was averaging like over 60 yards a putter, some stupid, like it was some crazy, uh, you know, he had, he was like the best putter in the nation and his special teams coach was like trying to like change something. And Harvey Hyde yelled at him like, do not say anything to him. Just let him do his thing. You know, like that's one of the things like, but you're, you're good. Just, just hit the ball really hard, punt the ball really hard, and uh and move on. So I yeah, I I think overall special teams are gonna be upgraded, you know, with yeah. with Sean Snyder. Um and that, I like the drills they do. It just seems like it's they know what they're doing out there now, you know?
2: Well that's the thing is Clay Hilton talked about how, you know, Snyder really had to go into game prep. Um, when they were like, hey, we're going to play in October or November. So he said, like, now is the time where Snyder can actually really teach fundamentals and, and those type of skills, and that's something that he's good at, and it's, it's a, a special skill of his. So now I think we'll actually get some real um, instructional teaching, which will be good.
1: Yeah, and then Parker Lewis just pretty much handling all the kicking duties, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I, I didn't know we were going to go through position groups, but we did.
2: I didn't know either. Uh, you know, just the Ryan Abraham experience. Show up for podcasts, podcast, and we're just going to talk.
1: That's how we do things, you We're know. We're just, just going like, to talk,
2: you never know off the top of the off of the off the top of the dome. The dome? I thought
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A, off the top of the dome. Off uh, the dome? Anything all else from the Coliseum or even Saturday's practice that you want to huh. discuss?
2: Let me see. No, I mean just I think trying to be physical that's something that they've said and it doesn't as far as the defense goes, it doesn't seem cheesy. In my opinion. It no. doesn't seem like forced or fake. And we've seen that in <laughs> past teams sometimes where it's yes. like, guys, let's try this and it's just like that's, that's not working. But no, yeah, I, I think like, it yeah. it really does uh seem like the defense is united and, and they want to be tough. So I mean, we'll see how that plays out. But so far it looks good.
1: Yeah, it's not sometimes they say something or do something, it's sort of cringe worthy, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like oh that's, yeah, that's that is complete. That's fake. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like this is fake. Like just talking when we got to talk to Todd Orlando. Like I think he honestly could give a rat's ass about practices that don't have pads on. <laughs> oh you know, yeah, like, he could care less. Like he's like, there that is doesn't no matter.
2: faking that. Like and he, I, I think he tries to pretend it's not as bad as it is because <laughs> he's like, well, I mean they're good the the first few practices, but no pads. Like you can tell he's just like, I hate this and this is why am I even talking about these practices? So yes.
1: And I don't know if there's like a rule change but you know they would never go from like no pads no pads to full pads it was always like two days of shoulder pads only and then and then like, you go And then you go full pads yeah. and like to go the first of the first four practices two of them to be in full pads there's limits of how many you can do Clay Helton did say they were going to have the I think eight of them are in full pads or it's, I, for, yeah. I forget what the
2: You can have eight full contact
1: Person. yeah full contact but i think you can maybe have like 10 or 11 that are in pads or something and they're going to do you know the the max of what they can do um i think you know we talked about this before i think it makes sense if you you know you open your locker and you know you got you know the full pads in there versus just oh you know we're putting on jerseys and helmets it's it's going to bring a different attitude and i think you know what Todd Orlando said about they really needed the offseason, they needed spring football to put the culture in place that they wanted and you had four weeks to get ready last year and there's no way you're going to change the culture. You're just getting ready for games. And yeah. I, sometimes you could just say, okay, that's coach speak. Like I, I believed him when he said that stuff, I feel like that's yeah. really what he wanted to do. And th- this is now they have the opportunity to do it.
2: No, I mean, I thought it was a positive sign just looking at the defense in 2020. They just seemed more united. And from people I talked to, they felt that way. And so the fact that that was on kind of the fly and, He didn't really get to do what he wanted because he basically said to us, like, yeah, I didn't get to do what I wanted culture wise. Like we had this big uh, hubbub about, hey, we're going to hit hard and we're going to be these tough people. And then they had to go quarantine for how many months, you know. So um, I think I think for USC fans, they should be excited and encouraged for what Tarlando will have the opportunity to do this spring.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good uh, little recap there of what we've.
2: It was thorough. Seeing out there in
1: practice, yeah. Make sure you check out the site. We got Spring Ball Central up. You can uh,
2: lots of stuff,
1: lots of content, lots of. We got everybody out there writing stuff, observing stuff, talking about stuff, doing all the stuff. Lots lots of stuff. Stuff. There's stuff stuff everywhere. All Mm -hmm. right. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back? We got a few questions on stuff. Back in a minute.
3: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details.
1: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All righty. We're back here on the Peristyle. Peristyle. The the what podcast? The Peristyle podcast. (laughs) Uh, Words are hard sometimes. They are. When you talk a lot.
2: That's the thing. People don't realize that like when you talk for this long, your mouth just kinda goes sometimes.
1: It does it helps having like a co host. If you ever do a show solo, it That's you know, harder. It's yeah, because then there's no real break. You know, if uh you gotta sneeze or whatever, it's like I'll try to do it while Keely's talking, you know? It's like <laughs> it's <laughs> hard to do mic. all those things, you know. Yeah. When you're the only one uh going why don't we go to a voicemail first keely sure i'll play this one for you i I uploaded a couple days ago don't remember so hopefully it's good once
2: again i don't don't know what we're getting yeah you know it's like the ryan abraham experience no prep no organization just go for it there's
1: there's mental prep you know something like you know if you're the rehab island you're taking mental reps because you're not going through the drills there's some mental prep maybe don't write it down or do stuff but you know there's (laughs) It's mentally prepping. for
2: if, if Whatever you're talking yourself into to convince yourself, sure.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, here we go.
0: Hello. This question is for Ryan and Keeley. First of all, happy belated birthday, Keeley. But anyway, so a question for you two. Why is Clay Helton so – have such an aversion to like having a real spring game, like just putting the ball down and playing? I, I, I don't understand – why that's such a difficult concept. If you're going to eventually be playing a game, why wouldn't you take advantage of creating a game-like situation on TV, especially for the new players? It just it just makes zero sense to me. I mean, what other major program does not have a real spring game? Honestly, like maybe there are a ton. I don't know. But I I don't feel like – I feel like I see Clemson playing spring games. I feel like I see all these other teams playing spring games. It it just doesn't make sense to me. Anyways – Fight
1: on, get Jason The Longhorn country. Jason, thanks. You know, I, I was wa- following before. they used, The Pac-12 was doing a bunch of them because you could watch them on the Pac-12 network. I don't get it anymore, and I haven't bothered to sign up for it again. So I'm like, eh, I'm not going to. I I should be watching all these spring games, but I'm not. But the USC's will be on the Pac-12 network. Yogi Roth was uh, at practice on Tuesday, so we're kind uh, of getting getting ready for it. Um yeah, what do you think, Keely, the the aversion? It started, I think, pretty much during the sanctions. Like, when the numbers weren't as high, it's like, well, we can't really do a real spring game. And it's sort of one of those things that just gets momentum. you're like, well, there was a reason for this to happen. That reason no longer exists. But we're still doing it because we started doing it, so now we're doing it again. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's some of what's going on here.
2: The thing is, is I feel like I'm a bad... Uh consultant for this question just because i've only been here and covered teams that have only done the spring showcase like i i don't like i wasn't here for the trojan huddle or anything like that so to me this is just how usc does it you know but i I don't get it i mean and and i've asked around and it just i kind of get this like eh, it's just like pomp and circumstance we have scrimmage practices anyway like you know and so what i can't add up is for a program that really emphasizes mock game week and simulating for the younger players, what it looks like to go to the Coliseum and put on the pads and kind of get those jitters out. Why does that not translate to spring camp and the spring game? I, I don't get that. I don't know. And I know a lot of this is just dictated by the Pactual Network and when they can air things. Cause that's the, the spring showcase slash game, they keep interchanging those was supposed to be on April 24th and then they moved it up to April 17th. And that was a Pactual Network thing, I believe. So I don't get it. I don't get it. And when I've asked a, a, a certain source to push back a little bit, like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, I, I don't fully understand.
1: I, I don't either. And, uh, Jason, I mean, it's one of those things too, where if there's criticism, um, you know, you're being critical, someone's being critical for something that you could easily do, or maybe you feel like you're doing It's somewhere like, you don't want to necessarily have to respond to it, but you kind of want to prove people like, look, you're doing you know, like, the fact that they're like doing these Trojan drills and stuff beforehand, I feel like they're trying to show, Hey, look, we're actually going to be physical. I know you guys were all saying that we have soft practices and stuff when you didn't have the depth and you didn't want to people get hurt and stuff like that, do a spring game, whatever, like, okay, fine. It's a, you know, not every position, but there's a lot of dudes out there. I mean, you can do four offensive lines, you know, like there's, there's just more depth for a spring ball than we've seen in quite a while. If you're gonna do a spring game, this would be the year to do it, and it's it's one of those things too where, if like, you know Clay Helton was fired, whoever the next coach is, like, there's gonna be low hanging fruit stuff, and like your advisor gonna be like, oh by the way, have a spring game. They haven't had one. That'll be you know when like Ed Orgeron came in, you're like, what did you do? Well, I gave the guys cookies. Like they had taken cookies away. There's gonna be like this low hanging fruit that you could just hit an easy home run on. Whoever comes, if the next whatever next time the USC gets a coach guarantee you they're going to have a spring game because that's going to be one of the things and they never had a spring game they were kind of wussies about it stuff so like yeah we'll have a spring game Um, and if that's what the next coach would do just just like that like why aren't you doing it now
2: yeah I mean I can see your point on this I mean I feel like 2019 was spring game ish I remember charting a lot of that and that seemed very spring gamey if you will I don't know. I'm not. I don't really have a dog in this fight, you know. I, yeah. I, me and Shotgun kind of go at it about this topic because he's very passionate about it. I he just, wants a
1: spring game, right? Yeah. Here's the
2: thing, though. If you're supposed to be instilling like toughness and this certain culture, it shouldn't hinge on one day, one practice, you know. Like it should be every practice should be hard. Every practice should be like a game day, spring game, right? Like I don't get why we have to single out this one practice. In my opinion, especially when it's on the 17th and not even towards the end of camp. Like, I, to me, and I'm not a fan, so maybe it's just a, a fan thing where you want to see it. I mean, I remember going to spring games in my past life. And uh, so, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, as a reporter, I don't fully get it. Yeah. It, <laughs> I know I'm probably going to get hate for that,
1: but. No, it's I mean, I, it's fine. Um, I, I, I agree, like, with your source and stuff. I could see the way they're looking at it. But it's just one of those things when we talked about the administration and hitting a bunch of singles, like this is a pretty easy one. Like this is a, an easy single or a double or something that you could just like, you know what? We're not going to call it a showcase anymore. That's sort of a buzzword. Like if you went to Clay Helton said, never say situational mastery again, is that that hard to do? But that would be a win. Cause every time you say it, someone like complains and brings it up on and tweets about it or whatever, people complain about not having a spring game all the freaking time. And it's just like, well, you know what? If you just had one, you're solving a lot of problems. So, I, I mean, I don't get the reason because it just sort of builds into like, oh, yeah, they really just don't want to hit or blah, blah, blah. Even though they're hitting and they're doing a lot more of that in practice, by not having the spring game, I think it hurts your efforts to show, hey, we're being tougher this spring.
2: Okay, I just remember the 2019, that was the fall, the end of fall.
1: That wasn't a spring one. That right?
2: wasn't a spring one because that was like a glorified practice on Chrome. Yeah, 2019 was awful. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was yeah, the yeah. Worst. I, I had to correct the record because that one was bad, particularly bad.
1: Yes, because I was thinking last year. Yeah, so there was nothing last year. No. 2019 was Pac 12 network. Shaken, it was barely a practice. It was like. Shotgun
2: pulled out the Pac 12 network on his phone while we were on the sideline and got a better view on his phone than where we were standing in person. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's
2: not great. And it was like Graham Harrell's first real go, so they kind of just muted everything for TV. It was just—I don't know—I don't get it.
1: It was bad. So I mean, we'll see what the showcase is uh, this year. Maybe it just feels like a spring game, and if that's the case, just say it's not a freaking showcase. We'll bring back the Trojan huddle, whatever it is. Like, just—it's just—it just just doesn't seem like that hard. I agree with Jason. Like, it's just not that hard. Just make it a spring game and just move on.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. I, I, I mean, I'm not very passionate about this topic. If there's you tell. plenty
1: of fans that are upset at the program. Not that this is going to, you know, make them, oh, they're having a spring game. I love Clay Helton now. That's probably not going to be the case. So, I mean, maybe that's the point. You're not going to win them over anyway, but it's just you take one of the things that they can complain about away. And I don't know, maybe you build some goodwill with some of the fans that are sort of on the fence and. And then they do support the, the head coach more. I I don't know.
2: I don't know. But here's the thing. If it's, a, if it's really a Clay Helton thing where he just really has an aversion to full go, spring practice, tackling, spring game, and there's not a lot of fans. Like, you're not going to have fans, I don't believe, because of the COVID issues. So are you really going to twist his arm on this? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Uh, do you want to do one of the voice? I mean, I'm sorry. Another voicemail? Or do you want to do email?
2: Let's do an email from our buddy Stephen Poway, who says, Hi, Keely and Ryan. All winter, I have been waiting to read the news that USC picked up an offensive lineman or two from the transfer portal, but that apparently never happened. Do you think Clay McGuire simply wasn't able to find anyone that he liked or that he believes has enough talent and potential among the eight three-star and one four-star O-lineman drafted in the past two recri- recruiting cycles to satisfy their needs? Ultimately, I think this upcoming season's question will be this. Can USC win the Pac-12 and beyond with this offensive line? The passing game and definitely the running game depend on it. I'm curious what you think. As always, Steven Poway. P.S. I love the random interviews with athletes and coaches from other USC sports on the pod. Shouts to the Herd on the Sideline podcast. Especially during the offseason for football. Keep sprinkling them in. Thanks, Steve.
1: Hey. Uh, thanks, Steve. I mean, it's...
2: So... so
1: yeah, okay, go ahead. If you want do you me. want me to jump no, out? Yeah, go ahead. Jump out. Yeah.
2: Okay. I wasn't sure. This is where I think people forget that it's also college. You know, and he said drafting uh, instead of recruiting, and I think that's kind of... uh, Because the thing is, it was largely dependent on enrollment cycles. You can't have a guy transfer outside of the enrollment periods for uh, colleges and so during the enrollment period this spring cycle for usc they didn't have an offensive line coach they didn't have clay mcguire i know wayne morris was a guy that they he was i put i think he put usc in his top three he was a guy that usc was going after um and he ultimately doesn't commit to usc because they didn't have an offensive line coach at the time and that's really hard to try and get that top tier talent out of the portal if you don't have a guy being like hey i'm the one who's actually going to coach you right you know that's a big leap of faith for someone who's trying to get a second chance in the portal to make so i think the timing of that was hard for usc to try and still get that i mean there is still time that summer portion um that's where usc got drew richmond um so there is time but this is where you have to remember um people of the world that this is a higher education system and enrolling is a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to transfers now someone could commit But they're not going to be on campus until the summer period.
1: Yeah. And so you feel like this isn't really the sweet spot. There was a sweet spot to to land an offensive lineman. They're very popular. Uh, They go quickly. They're like, (laughs) you know, the the first people getting asked to dance at the prom or whatever. Like, they're just – it's going fast. Yes. And when they were going fast – you know USC didn't have its tucks and they were out. Yeah, you know, they were. They're still getting dressed because they didn't have they're an still offensive getting fit, lineman fitted. Yeah, so there was no way to go out and ask anyone to dance when you still don't have your tucks on. Uh, now they got their offensive line coach. They're going to go through spring football. They're also really deep on the offensive line. I think 19 scholarship offensive linemen. So it's got to be a right fit, you know. Yeah. And uh, now that you've practiced guys like Cortland Ford uh, at that spot, if you brought in a surefire left tackle. What does that do to team morale? Like you have to take all of that mm-hmm. uh, into consideration. But like Keely said, they missed a window to to bring in someone the first time around. So that's pretty much why. But you got to remember, there's still a lot of scholarship offensive linemen. It's not like they're desperately in, in need of one. They they would like to get a proven starter as opposed to you know have to develop one. But I you know that might be the way they go at this point. You know they yeah. might have to go with Courtland Ford or Casey Collier or whoever, like someone. And, and develop them. And, and maybe there's some growing pains there, uh, you know, and keep things copacetic with the rest of, of the line, but they'll, they'll be on the market for it, but it's going to have to be the right fit. Just like trying to bring in a JC guy. It's got to be the yeah. right fit. The timing, everything has to kind of work out right, but the timing isn't right, right now. They have to wait for that next enrollment cycle.
2: Yeah. And, and these, these growing pains that you mentioned are what happened and they're the result of poor recruiting classes. And yes, certain guys in recruiting classes, not painting out like they thought they were or medical retirements, et cetera, et cetera. So they're making up for some, some past mistakes in this cycle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is not all, it's not like a victim of circumstance. Like this is something you brought on. If you're like, I can't believe they towed my car. Well, what happened? Well, I got a parking ticket in January and then I got two more in February and then I got three more in March and I never paid any of them. It's like, okay. Yeah. So you brought this up. You, you made some bad decisions in the past and now you're paying for them yeah um this is it's just one of those things that yeah you brought in big offensive line classes that no one was like a five-star guy out of there was a lot of three-star guys and maybe they all work out maybe some of them do but that's you sort of left yourself without a uh, transition plan to go from austin jackson to whoever the next left tackle was yeah you had to stopgap last year with Elijah Tucker, and, and they're
2: very lucky with that.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that was...
2: Getting him to opt back in and having that transition go smoothly.
1: Yeah, he had opted out, if you remember, and boom, and came back and ends up being your, like, you know, starting left tackle. Well, are you going to move somebody else this year? Or are you going to develop from within? Or are you going to bring in another transfer? So, as of now, it looks like not moving anybody. Will they bring in a transfer? We'll have to wait and see TBD. this summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't we play this other voicemail for you, Keely? Hey, Ryan, this
0: is Curtis from Moreno Valley. I just had another uh, thought. If USC can pay $1 billion for a settlement, what is a $20 million buyout compared to $1 billion? Hmm. I don't think they want to get rid of Clay Hilton. They're trying to help him as much as possible, and they've spent a lot of money for assistance and everything else. But they do have to buy out money, especially if they can pay a billion. Curtis from Moreno Valley.
1: Hey, Curtis. Um, I'm not saying that the administration doesn't want to keep Clay Helton. There was certainly pressure on the previous administration, you know, when Clay Helton went 5 and 7 to get rid of him. The buyout was 100% the reason why they couldn't do that. I mean, they just signed this extension. This is – okay, USC had to pay out a you know $1.1 billion in settlement money for all the, the scandal stuff with For the, a
2: serious issue, not yes. a sport team right. coaching issue.
1: Exactly. Um, but there's not like a central bank account at USC and like – Hey, can we borrow thirty-five million and buy out Clay Helton? Uh, oh, we need a billion to pay out for this. Th- like, that's not how this works. Um, I mean, the athletic department is completely separate. There's nothing about the billion dollars that's in fact impacting the athletic department besides you know the company as a whole. Um, you know, it's like saying like, oh, I work for uh, I work for Mattel, and uh, oh, Barbie made the company like three billion dollars. I should you, you should pay me two million. You know, like it, it's not like. It's not how it doesn't work that way. Um, it's very different. Those are different. It's different budgets, different money. The athletic department has its own budget, and there's, you know, some money comes from boosters. or certain things, you know, all of it. It kind of uh, intertwines together. But just because it's USC and USC is paying out, like people would say the same thing, like, oh, they raised seven billion dollars for the endowment or whatever like well that doesn't go to the athletic department that doesn't renovate the coliseum
2: the endowment has like its own strings attached to it it's not just a bank account that you can be like hello money
1: yeah there's not like a single like scrooge mcduck sitting on a pile of (laughs) gold coins or whatever and it's like yeah okay you get some of this you get some of that traveler goes it's a pile of money (laughs) travel trailer sits on the pile of gold, like a, the dragon, and uh, he's just like sitting on the treasure. Sure, you know. yeah. I like. I could see a traveler doing that. Wait, horses don't really sit down, right? They're always standing. They kind of do. Can they sometimes? Okay, they can
2: roll over. If they have like a scratch on their. Oh, back. they got like this is way a detour yeah. on a serious subject. But no, I mean the thing is, is that this the billion dollar settlement was a serious issue that had serious consequences, and I think comparing the two is just wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, and. Some of it's coming from insurance too, right? It's not like you know USC went to the bank account to to write a 1.1 $1. $1 billion dollar check. I mean, I think there's insurance. There's a lot of different stuff involved, but and I think this is completely also, separate from the athletic department.
2: Yeah, sorry, and this no. is also just a reminder too of, of the pandemic also impacted a lot of revenue for the athletic department. It's not like they had a great season where fans showed up to everything. They didn't. They lost a lot of money and then they're coming back to this season where it might be iffy on fans or at least 30% capacity, of what we've heard so far. But their money is not a, a, a valued. It's no, it's not. Help me out here, Ryan. It's not just floating around.
1: Yeah, no, there's I mean, there
2: are issues just because of the pandemic and things like that.
1: Like, yeah, you're, I mean, just think of any company, whatever, if you work for a company. You work for UPS, you work for Intel, whatever it is. It's like, you know, if you need a stapler, like that's coming from a certain budget. If, if a guy in accounting needs uh, whatever a file cabinet, or I mean, like everything's going to have different budgets. You can't just say, well, Intel makes this much money. Go buy as many file cabinets as you want. No, like there's limitations on all every department. You know, you have to reside within your own budget. In the athletic department's interesting because in universities in general, because there is that donation factor, like more, you know, there's not a lot of like benefactors giving or, you know, alumni, like I'm going to write a check to UPS because they were great to me over the years. Like, no, like, but that happens in the university. People will donate freaking buildings and all this kind of stuff. Um, he was like, Oh, they built this $75 million building. Um, why can't they do this? It's like, well, they, they had money from a alumni that wanted, a better business school or whatever it is, and they yeah. they put money towards that. So it's it's definitely not. Yeah, they can. They had a one point one billion dollar settlement, so that means they're they're they it must have at least two billion around. in the yeah. bank. Yeah, just like hang no. Yeah, yeah no. sorry, I keep sorry, Curtis.
2: Trying to help you out and talking over you. I apologize. No, no, not at all. Um, we have one I need final... to be talked over sometimes. Mm, that's true. Uh, we have one final question, and it's a fun one. We got a picture in this uh, email. It's a dog wearing a, a USC jersey whose name is Olive, and it's from our buddy Dan Class of 1962, who said, Hi, Keeley Ryan. Thought that you might like to see a special USC fan who's ready for the coming season. Oliver was embarrassed to wear his jersey after the Oregon game last year, but he's being optimistic for this year, especially with a new offensive line coach. But he does want to know why we lost Dylan Lopez, who is projected as a future offensive line star. Fight on and win. Dan, Class of
1: 1962, and Olive. Olive's so cute and got a little... USC Teddy Bear, mm-hmm. uh, next, first
2: dog on the Parasol podcast, I believe. Besides not, Dan's that were always in the
1: background. <laughs> so I, this is where you miss Dan because Dan, oh, he would loves dogs loved more this. than people. So this is like, <laughs> uh, he would love the picture of Olive and the yeah. jersey and everything. Um, I'm not sure where Dan was getting Dylan Lopez as being projected as a future OL star.
2: Not I'm, sure about that either.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, this was more of a mutual. Parting of ways. Uh, You get a new offensive line coach. You know, Dylan Lopez was recruited by Tim Drevno. Clay McGuire going in a little bit different direction. It's sort of one of those things that it's not, you can't, sometimes fans will say, oh, the kid decommitted. He was going to be amazing, and now he's not going to school there anymore. Sometimes the school drops them, you know, and you don't say like, we tweet out, "Hey, by the way, we dropped Dylan Lopez." Like, don't "Hey, we t-. didn't
2: want this kid anymore." You're
1: basically not calling someone back. Like, if you ever like, you know, maybe you gone on a date <laughs> or you want to go there, yeah, <laughs> so, with somebody, you went on a couple of dates, and it's sort of like, you can call me, like, "Yeah, I'm not really interested," or you just don't return calls anymore, and it just sort of goes away. Like that happens in recruiting all the time.
2: Yeah, it's. You Is it called get... ghosting? Is yeah, right I was i to say you get ghosted. So sometimes, and I mean, he was a Tim Dremno guy. So it's a new position coach, and something's just changed in the recruiting uh, sphere, if you will.
1: I think it was a three-star guy, right? It doesn't mean – I'm not insinuating he's terrible or whatever, just saying like if it was like a five-star, like the top offensive lineman on the West Coast and he decommits, that's different than this situation. Dylan Lopez might go on to have an amazing career and be an NFL Hall of Famer for all we know. We have no idea. But it wasn't like this was – you know, he wasn't Austin Jackson coming out of uh, Arizona as a five star prospect. It wasn't something like that.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, it was a little over an hour. Not too bad.
2: Hey, if you want to send us your dog pictures for yeah. emails, it's I wouldn't mind.
1: Not the greatest uh, medium for a podcast, but we could, you know.
2: But it helps us put smile on see, our face. We
1: can see Olive, which is great, but the, yeah. our listeners obviously True. cannot. Um, if you want a picture of Olive, you can email us and we'll uh, send it over to you. <laughs> Uh, but very very cute. Yes. Uh, so thanks we for love dogs. thanks for sending that in Dan, and thanks for you for coming in, Keely. Uh, good stuff. What what else you got coming up lately? What do you? I know I'm, I'm going to do my uh, running back report here pretty soon, so we'll get that up soon. But what what do you got coming up on the site?
2: We have a family feud pod coming up later today. Probably going to go out on Friday because I know Shotgun has a special podcast coming out on Thursday. Um, and then I'm trying to line up some interviews with some players outside of the zoom schedule,, Ooh, so, yeah, so we'll I like see. that mhm yeah,
1: get some uh get some insight. It is definitely different leaving practice, not being able to talk to people you right know? there's yeah. something about like seeing practice is one thing and then you can ask some questions, not being able to do that that definitely leaves a little you know. Little something to be desired.
2: Well, there's also just like a sense of casualness. You can just walk up to a guy and be like, hey, how was this? Or saw this, you know, and yeah. you kind of get some more information that just makes sense and is casual versus like, we were officially on a Zoom call and I'm asking <laughs> you this question. It's like, and then they have to think about like their specific answer versus like, hey, you can see my body language. It's just, we're just talking here and you know, it's, it's definitely different. So that's definitely something that I still miss, but we're back. Yeah. If like nice.
1: a coach is watching, walking off the field and. They might have made a comment to you about, oh, we, you know, you said something on this podcast or on the <laughs> show, or you say something, blah blah blah, or, and you know, just it could be a quick interaction, uh, and we don't get those anymore, so you you kind of miss that. You Zach know, just...
2: Banner telling me I dropped my pocket.
1: Oh, he loved doing that. He loved doing that he was, all the time. He was a jokester.
2: Just a troll.
1: You dropped your pocket. I don't know where that came from. Just you know,
2: and he looked really concerned. He was like, "Hey, hey, you dropped your pocket." <laughs> So I learned not to look down after a while.
1: (laughs) It was hard. All right. Okay, well, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, That is Keely Yore. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com.